like everyone's gonna die I see that I totally hear what you're saying <laughs> and that's really that's a bummer that's a bummer <laughs> man <laughs> like oof, that's rough that's yeah. rough buddy I'm Gabe. And, and we're, we're the ghouls, the ghouls next, next door. Talking Talk about spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Well, for people who are tuning in and listening, uh, we are going to be covering the girl with all the gifts. I'd love to say the ghoul with all the gifts. Um, yeah. The girl with all the gifts from 2016, uh, which is is a coming of age story. <laughs> it's also a zombie film and it's really great. Uh, and we are continuing our monstrous femme series uh and we're talking about something a little different it's not generally a tale of coming of age or (laughs) it's usually like consumerism or individuality or yeah this film is like unique too because i feel like it's set as you were saying like it does something different for this specific sub genre of horror like it's it's doing something pretty unique and that subverts the usual like puberty makes monster times yeah and it just happens to to cover like that coming into your own thing that happens with monstrous femmes and then also like it's a zombie movie which is really fun um i totally slept on this film like i did not uh like people told me they were like it's really great i remember uh, len from uh, michelle mission and the black tribbles he they covered it uh on michelle mission when it like came out or like around that time because they've been around forever and um he was just like you're gonna really love it like yeah (laughs) you're gonna really like it it's gonna be awesome and then uh I just it was just always on my to-do list yeah I feel like I also missed the boat and that like I have heard of it and I feel like we've been finding trying to find a reason to get to it at some point um but we really never we don't watch movies for fun anymore you know yeah so it's like if there's not an episode it's just like all right we're just we'll get to it eventually and that's kind of what happened with this one so yeah usually it's like I really want to cover something so I'm like how do we make it into a whole series (laughs) how do we keep talking about that this whole time um and that's it's worked out so far yeah and what I mean what was great about this is that like I think I don't know. I feel like I would have loved it still as much as I did when, if we watched it when it first came out. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I also like really loved watching it now. Um, I just feel like it was, I appreciated one that I waited, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, we missed it. But also it was like, I really appreciated it with this version of myself watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I think being five years into the ghouls that we have different lens into which we're viewing content so i think we appreciate it in a way we probably wouldn't have in 2016 the honed media analysis glasses i mean i think we still would have loved it i think it's just like we see it more now than maybe we would have at like early ghouls yeah yes we were babies we had baby media analysis classes and now we're like we got settings we have settings and buttons on here so we're like do 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 enhance (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah. Should I just hop in? Should we just get into it? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's do it. I'm in. Tap. Put me in couch. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So like I said, we're talking about the girl with all the gifts from 2016. And it is about uh, a scientist and a teacher living in a dystopian future embark on a journey of survival with a special young girl named Melanie and is directed by Colm McCarthy and adapted from the book of the same name written by Mike Carey. Um, so like I said, it's based on the book, which is going, like, I'm going to talk about that <laughs> at the end of the section about, like, how different the interpretations can be because of certain decisions that were made regarding casting uh, yeah. in this film versus, like, how things were portrayed in the book. Um, and the fact that, like, there's also the this whole other level as, like, us as Americans viewing it because uh -huh. it does take place uh, in England. So there's, like, a whole different... <laughs> like tone and uh theme that it's it's covering that like we're gonna put it on our own lens anyway um yeah, yeah like we can't I, speak to stuff we don't know you know yeah exactly um but i'm gonna primarily talk about the film because i didn't actually read the book though i do really want to now like i'm mm -hmm. interested to see how it plays out um it's definitely been on like the to be read on my Goodreads. Uh, and I probably know a few people who've read it. I just haven't. Uh, again, we don't really do a lot of that for fun. Although I am reading an eco horror book where there are special girls that are infected, which is pretty called Wilder Girls. So maybe one day I'll do a review on that. But today we're talking about Girl with All the Gifts. So um, this film and the book as well follows a young girl named Melanie and her harrowing journey with her teacher, Miss Justino, and some others. And Melanie and the other children like her are something different. Uh -huh. <laughs> you kind of get that just immediately um, because we're introduced to them and they're uh, strapped to wheelchairs and they're being verbally accosted by these military like guardians. Um, but immediately you feel connected to and affectionate for Melanie, like your heart goes out for her because one, it's like it's unsettling to see children treated in such a way. And yeah. they're so like viscerally angry at them, like the the adults quote unquote like the people who are in charge like yeah. they call them like abortions um they just call them all kinds of really triggering names and it's super abusive and frightening so you feel for these kids you're like why you're like why would they treat these kids like this like yeah kids are not deserving of this in in any way like no matter what they had have done <laughs> like there's nothing yeah yeah to that. so 100%. you're just like what um but on top of that, just on top of like feeling defensive of these children and like you want to protect them, there's this other level and that's just on Melanie herself because she's really smart and she's incredibly charming and perplexing. Like you just really want to know what her whole deal is um, and how like she could be like this. Um, yeah. She's just immediately likable, I think. Um, and so you just, you want to know like why, one, these adults are being so mean to these children, but also why they're afraid of them. Because it definitely feels less like they're being very mean and kind of throwing around their power. Um, but they're also pretty terrified. Like they do act very cautionary. And I, a lot of that aggression comes from a, a point of fear and, and uh, yeah. not understanding and not knowing what they are. So you're like, what is <laughs> going on? What is this? And I don't ever remember anyone telling me this was a zombie film. Um, yeah. I was... 
I believe told it was like, like I knew she was a special girl and it was kind of post-apocalyptic, but I didn't know <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Um, but I do like that even uh, unintentionally it becomes a bit of an Afrofuturism kind of tale, which is really fun um, because of Melanie. Uh, but you learn that uh, she is incredibly intelligent and uh, you figure this out by her rapid fire recitation of the periodic table of elements just from her brain uh and her answers to these like really weird brain twisters that this uh -huh. like, doctor gives her um she even asks her about um schrodinger's cat and yeah things like, that. like ask her to, to really think through these thought experiments and you're like why but the kid's like yeah <laughs> do it but the thing like about melanie is that she's also aware that something is wrong like uh -huh. you you can t you get the impression that she's only ever been treated this way. Like there's never been another way. Like she didn't have a stable life and now she has this. Like this just seems like a norm, but still doesn't seem right. Um, yeah. And she throughout the whole film works to uh, emotionally disarm any character that interacts with her, and whether this is to convince them that she's harmless uh, or to manipulate them into a false sense of security so she can attack them later is the question because uh, Melanie. And the other children aren't human not entirely anyway they're half human half hungries uh and hungries <laughs> is the this film's fun word for zombies not walkers not whatever else people call them what are, what are clickers yeah you know? um they're hungries and so in this world a cordyceps fungus like the one that infected folks in the last of us has taken hold of most of society and we get a glimpse into what's left of <laughs> the zombie society that they're living yeah. in. So we get to see this military base in England where they have essentially farmed and study these children with the hopes of finding a cure. Um, yeah. However, something terrible and predictable happens in the zombie film as the Hungries get in and wreak havoc, forcing Miss Justino, Melanie, the doctor that was going to kill her for the cure, and others to flee their makeshift home. Um, and during this journey on the outside, the human characters are now forced to reconcile Melanie with being a child. Like, it was so easy to just lock a door and monsterize her from the yeah. other side of it but when you're like forced to see her every day and see how charming and beautiful she is you're like how can I do this and every single yeah. one of those humans is like whoa maybe we were wrong yeah maybe these are all just children, <laughs> just children. and we have just been horrible to we're them just the worst humans and we are not making a good case for ourselves <laughs> just yep. the whole thing for this uh so through her charm and innocence they learn to trust and care for her and they start to see her as more human than hungry but she is no less hungry than before because she is half hungry melanie has some sort of superpower because of this like she can move among the hungries without being harmed um hungries don't eat their own kind one soldier had explained um so she becomes this troops like one tool for survival uh, finding them safe routes along the way to help and providing uh, insight into the nature of the hungries as well um, to help them feel safe and kind of harbor them to like shuttle them to a safer area supposedly um, but there's like this allowance to be true to herself that ignites a flame in Melanie because uh, like I said she's half human so she's proving the humanity side to them but she's also discovering the bigger part of her that isn't human 
when she's alone with herself. So in these moments where she's alone and she's going out to like find these safe routes or figure things out, she's like searching for food or whatever. She has the opportunity to take in the world around her and understand her place in it. So she sees the fear the hungries invoke in the humans and realize that it's similar to the fear that they have about her. But she doesn't understand that fear because she thinks I'm totally normal. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with me. Um, And there's continually like this question of like her humanity. And if she is alive, like in the the traditional sense of like what we view humans as being alive, like she definitely is alive. But there's just this whole question of like, are you real? Um, Or are you just like an intelligent zombie? Right. Like, are you still performing the tasks of this parasite that's linked to you or are you an individual? (laughs) Which is like, I mean, are we all? (laughs) We're all just operating as zombies who just carry all the tasks and things that we need to do. Spoiler alert. Um, But it's just a little more obvious when she's a zombie. Um, But the whole time they're trying to like prove that she is more than that. And she's like, no, I am a hungry still. And that thankfully i am because y'all would be dead yeah Um, right (laughs) so you're welcome uh but on the surface this is a story about a girl coming of age and finding her power uh it's also about the next generation of life persevering evolving and prospering in the world despite the condition they've inherited it in Uh, it's about the earth leaving us behind and it's about black liberation so it's gonna it's gonna get crazy on the goals here we go um i'm about to get into um spoiler central and i'll give a big spoiler alert so definitely check out this film um if you haven't it's it's such a good film like it's totally worth your time pause here go watch it come back later um i want like you need this ending to hit you the way that it does when you don't know it's coming because you're going to get led down a very specific path and then you're going to be like what um so highly recommend please do uh but there when (laughs) i have to get into spoiler central because there are some really important themes in this film that really revolve around the ending and some of the things that occur that are kind of like uh reveals um for one uh the in the book melanie is a white girl And uh, in fact, she is a quintessential white girl with skin as white as snow, blue eyes and blonde hair, while Miss Justino, however, is a black woman with skin so dark she was like her own shadow, is what the book says. And (laughs) one day I will (laughs) probably do a whole review on how people of color and black people are described in books <laughs> one day yeah no, we're just gonna i won't go into that right now but i'm gonna just put, put it out there it's it. gonna happen and in that uh because what um <laughs> what edit it's fine okay um <laughs> I just like read something. It was like Stephen, one of Stephen King's more recent books, and it still was a problem. And I was like, "How is this happening?" Anyway, <laughs> in this film, they decided to cast the phenomenal young actress Senia Nanua, uh, and she is a black girl. And so, like *Night of the Living Dead* and *She Never Died*, which we've covered, uh, by casting a black person lead in their film, the directors and creators have greatly changed the narrative. They completely changed it, um, whether that's intentional or not. Like Romero didn't know, like didn't intend to have his film be as racially impactful, um, 
as it was and it, and it perhaps it wouldn't have even been as impactful <laughs> if it had not been released at the same time that Dr. King was assassinated. So like, you don't always know that when you're going in. Um, but it's, it is important to discuss, like when you put a black person in a film, it does change the narrative. It changed the impact of things. Um, it's like, uh, uh, Charday uh, Sellers, uh, uh -huh. when we had her on our show and she talked about how, um, I know what you did last summer, like the uh -huh. first one, if it were black kids who were having to deal with that, it would go a very different way. Yeah. <laughs> like their motivations for wanting to cover up that hit and run would be a lot different uh, than what these white kids are going into. So it just comes with like the territory of putting um, black people into it. But it's also like, Again, we're coming in, into this with like our American lens. So uh -huh. our black culture is a little different. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't like take and be infect affected by uh, a film with a message like this. Yeah. Uh, and kind of put that over things that are happening in your own world. Um, so I think that this film has really evolved into some interesting discussions. So spoiler alert. <laughs> it's, happening. it's happening. It's happening. Uh, so get out. <laughs> not ready for it again uh and then welcome back uh so um <laughs> melanie on her journey with the humans encounters a tower of spores uh these spores could end the world uh she is told because they house the parasite that has changed humanity into the her to the hungries and the amount of them and the way that they would spread through the air means that everyone would be infected and for humans that equals the end of everything <laughs> yeah like then we'd all be the parasites that's a bad thing yeah uh and the same parasite lives within melanie and the other children that were born from infected mothers um and the in the children in this like new generation the parasite has learned to live with the host like along with the host uh, and evolved to this like happy medium where the host isn't a mindless drone uh that's just like eaten <laughs> um, yeah. also has like instead has control of its body and mind unless it's introduced to human flesh and then nature kicks in but yeah like, we or just in flesh that. in general actually because they have cats that oh yeah yeah are which is like a good consumed. point because uh because they don't get changed um animals don't change because that's what they're gonna end up having to eat anyway yeah. um, <laughs> melanie finds a new group of children who intend to eat her human captors i mean friends uh and she immediately tries to help proving her humanity and compassion uh but she also discovers a power in this moment uh she interacts with the kids and because she is this hybrid who is both monster an intelligent human, she can lead them. Uh, she shows them through force and wits that she is the alpha. Like, and I use that term loosely because that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> Alphas aren't real, but she's the leader. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to convey. Uh, and after this encounter, Melanie and her friends are attacked by the doctor. Uh, the doctor, who none of us ever trusted, it was messing things up this whole time, uh, is dying from yeah. an infection and wants to complete their life's work which is to find a cure to save humanity they want to you know go down in history as a person that saved everyone and maybe that's not even the motivation it's like so many people you know and love have died or been changed and that is really devastating and wanting a cure is totally reasonable as we discussed in the last of us episode like when you're presented with one life for all of humanity to be alive it's a yeah. really tough decision <laughs> for yeah. a lot of people to to make like if you're really put into that 
situation, what would you do? And in this, that's exactly what it's like. So the doctor wants to find a cure. And the way to do that is to actually kill Melanie. Um, and it's like, what is one kid for everyone? Um, and while this like whole interaction is happening where the the doctor is pleading with her, trying to reason with Melanie, like you care for them now. <laughs> like you care for all the people, like we care for you. And so don't in you quotes. care? So, yeah, we care for you. We've shown, we performed care um, for you. And uh, don't you care for them so much that you want to save them? And Melanie asked right out, she just said, are we alive? Are me and those other kids alive? Like this whole question that you have this whole time of that, like, are we valid humans essentially? Like, do we yeah. matter? Um, and the doctor says, yeah. And Melanie then gives one of the most amazing responses in horror and any other media I've seen by saying, then why should it be us who die for you? Which like that line I we we were like floored <laughs> like we were yeah. watching it. I was text I was like did you just hear I was like what uh yeah that never happened not what you're expecting because like yeah. that whole time you are like she does really care for Miss Justino and she is so sweet and there is a little parts of her that are but like you feel like oh she's so smart she would understand she's saving the whole world when you saw the tower you thought oh no don't let anything bad happen with that like your instinct is to be like people be saved <laughs> we have to save people always like we're people we want the people saved so for when she says that you're like you're right <laughs> yeah. Why? um and there's a lot of layers to that so I'll try to be as concise as possible because I feel like there's like two really big messages and then within one of them there's like other yeah. interpretations so one of these is that there's an eco-horror element to the story that pl plays well into the monstrous femme coming-of-age tale that Melanie is going through. Because uh, she is the next evolutionary step of humanity, not the undoing of it completely. The world yeah. has changed enough that humans cannot stay as they are and live. Later, after setting the spores on fire and in doing so dooming the world to be hungries, Mel Melanie interacts with a soldier who over this like whole interaction slowly starts to care for her, but he was a total douche <laughs> the He's whole so time. Rude, until yeah. like, how dare you even try to make it like we should care about you. Anyway, he cries out and he says, it's all over now to which Melanie says the second best thing in horror and other films. She says, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I'm so sorry. It's going to be all right. It's not over. It's just not yours anymore. And I was like, okay, this film is about, <laughs> this film is eco-horror. It is about the world leaving us behind. Yeah. Um, because at this point, like, she really is genuinely sorry. Like, there's, there is, it's not, I wouldn't say remorse. Like, she's not regretting. She's yeah. just sorry that that's what it has to be. Like, yeah, she's like, sorry she understands he, the implication of what yeah. it is. Like, everyone's going to die. I see that. I totally hear what you're saying. <laughs> and that's really, that's a bummer. That's a bummer, man. <laughs> like, oof, that's rough. That's yeah. rough, buddy. But, <laughs> but also, but also, why should we die for you? Who are you? Sweetie, why should we die for you? First of all, you're old. Okay, <laughs> okay? you're old. Uh, second of all, you did this. You and all the people like you did this. Yeah, you made it's the planet mad, so the spores happened. 
this is her fault. So I'm sorry, not sorry. Uh, so she's like, she is sorry that this is happening to them. Just not so sorry that she would sacrifice herself and her people for a race of people that would never show her the same mercy. They would never do that. Yeah, and they so, did nothing but horrible to her the entire time. The entire time they've like villainized her and the people around her and just they only hurt her. They've only hurt her um, by casting her as this other. And she is just like, again, like, if you just think about it, like think about like young people who are really sad about the, the condition of the, the world. You think that young people, if they were given the option to be like, okay, all the old people, like even me included, like you go to space, don't come back. They have to go to, yeah, go to space. Something happens to them. All old people are gone now and we get to fix things. Like, you don't think they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah 100 less uh so otherwise i'm just gonna do drugs so yeah it's gonna be sad because you've ruined the world enough that i can't live yeah. here anymore so whatever so she, um so there's this whole level of it being eco horror this whole level of her being this monster that is now this evolutionary step forward um for humanity all right again she's not racing humanity she's making it better <laughs> she is of the better who can adapt to this now new society um and because this, all the spores turn humans into hungries anyway, it's not like they're ever going to eat humans again. The humans are gone. So they're only eating animals. So you're just people more. You're still people. Yeah, again. you're like, just still doing the same thing. The one thing that they were mad about, which is that you eat people. And now <laughs> that's gone. It's not. Okay. Anyway, there's a whole other level to this. So let, let me get into that before. <laughs> before this whole episode just me like ah! um so however by casting this young black woman the narrative has become deeper than just that of the evolutionary next step generation leaving us behind it becomes a conversation about black liberation uh and in a phenomenal article that cat found on afropunk titled the girl with all the gifts and black girls destroying the world to save themselves by hari ziad they explain this impactful shift of narrative and the impact it has on the ultimate goal of the story considering how often uh, us schools are disappointed by films that pull their punches and don't commit to revolution it is safe to say the ghouls really love this film so <laughs> zaid says i'm not sure the filmmakers made this switch to purposely reinforce ideas of black revolution indeed the close-up of miss justino crying as she's trapped in a tiny room as the last human being melanie keeps at the alive at the end for the purpose of continuing to teach the other zombie children seems to be included to invoke a feeling of sympathy white women are always the most ideal victims if one sympathizes with justino as a white audience might and as i believe was intended the film becomes less a triumph and more a tragedy this is the tragedy we are told would happen if black folks really were to destroy the world and humanity for our own sakes. We don't have the tools to police ourselves or we are too good to be so heartless or we don't need saving in the first place because eventually things will naturally work out if only we were a bit more patient or respectful um, or respectable. Interpreting this as a tragedy tells us that Melanie should have waited for a way to save herself and the other humans, even if there was no promise of that way ever existing. Even if waiting meant passing up just saving herself, even if the humans had no interest in compromising in return, F that. <laughs> we are not white audiences. It is time we stop pretending as if we need them. It is a time a black girl destroyed the world, destroyed humanity, destroyed society to save herself. And it is time we cheered them on when they tried and succeed. And that's exactly what I felt like. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, and again, because... Part of it is like, okay, this young girl is leaving the old ways behind. 
and uh, again evolving past but the honestly the fact that it was you know to have <laughs> like her say then why should it be us who die for you it just hits differently when it's uttered by a young black girl to an older white woman period it just yeah. it's like i don't care where you are in the world like you're gonna see that and be like wait a second um and it's really just that right it's just like that is representative of all the times when people have been told to behave or like don't match the energy right like you have to rise above you got to be better than that you got to be quiet yeah um, saying that violence isn't the answer for a lot of things whereas like okay 400 plus years of violence on them why not <laughs> why not yeah like who are you to say now that it's now that it's violence isn't the answer now that it's our answer uh but it was the answer for everybody else um and so yeah like why do I have to be the better person in this scenario yeah, exactly and that's that's 100 percent what that that very weighted sentence means when it is this young black girl saying it instead of just like who Melanie was written to be right yeah and the thing is, like, the result isn't all positive, though, because some people have mixed feelings about the the switch and, like, that interpretation, kind of similar to what uh, Ziad was saying. Um, so uh, the fact that, like, this race swapping of the primary characters of Melanie Jessino could hit, have a different interpretation that's also harmful. Because if you do interpret Melanie as not the hero, but instead the villain, as Ziad explains, uh, they felt like that was the intent because <laughs> like she's pretty much like villainized um and if you do see miss Justino as the victim yeah in, at the end uh then it wouldn't have the same empowering impact right it's going to hit a yeah. different audience in a different way um but uh yeah it, it with this uh, instead of a young girl young black girl taking the power back from the oppressors it becomes she's a monster uh yeah. and in the book having Miss Justino be not only the most caring, compassionate, and human human in the story, but also having her be a dark-skinned Black woman is also powerful. Um, having Melanie be this idyllic little white girl who ultimately brings down all of humanity can be interpreted as, like, European colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like, it's in England. <laughs> Let me tell you, they've been doing that. And instead <laughs> of fighting against oppression, it becomes a desire to recreate the world in her image, a very Aryan image mind you um she is described in that book so um it could really twist like how you're looking at it like you can see is like trying to make just miss justino the white victim is gives you a different point of view than the strength that miss justino has in the book although if it does end in the same way then i can't say that i enjoy the idea of a black woman being caged to continue yeah. to cater to young white people <laughs> does not sound good yeah. um, but if Mel again if melanie is the villain then that just confirms the villainy villainy of it uh but still not a great image not a great image so i'm gonna <laughs> stick with <laughs> miss justin no from the film being in there and so i wonder how you interpret it uh ghoul scouts and i wonder how it affects you like do you see melanie as a monstrous femme uh perhaps you see her as a representation of white fear of black people finally fighting back against oppression in a way of equal violent force of which they've been oppressed under um if we choose to see villainy uh 
Melanie, <laughs> given her own nickname, if we choose to see Melanie as a hero in evolutionary next step, even simply a child inheriting the earth, can we then root for her in the end? And can we celebrate with her as she teaches and molds the next generation into superhumans? Yeah, superhuman time. It is. It is your time now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super real. And I want to read the book honestly. Like, I want to read it because I feel like there's so much. I don't know if it'll hit like different because I get like what the author was maybe trying to say. Mm -hmm. I also like just don't know enough about the author too to like know if like should they be saying no, yeah, no. Also, it's like again, it's England. There's like different. I'm sure there's different connotations and different feelings behind it. Yeah, that the like writer's original intent was, and I didn't even bother looking into it. It's like I'm my part is already long enough. (laughs) Karen also be like, here's what the book's about, and then. Yeah, maybe one day we'll cover the book. We'll figure it out. We'll see. I mean, honestly, we write our own stories, so let's go. Yeah. (laughs) We do it. We make the decisions here. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's like we're in charge of ourselves as well. One thing that's fun about my section is that it's not, uh, usually it's like, let's talk about facts. That is not facts today. It's just, I had a lot more opinions about this than I thought I did, and also just in general I feel like sometimes I get like too much into like I must have sources for everything and then like you know you lose like your own thoughts in there yeah Yeah. so I was like today instead it's gonna be Kat's opinions I love it I'm here for it everyone you're welcome (laughs) I don't know if you actually feel that way at the end but I think you will um to be transparent I've never read this book for this film uh I don't read a lot unless it's like an article online but it's okay um and my interpretation is entirely based on the film and not the book also i was raised american as gabe was saying at the beginning like our interpretation of this british story is from like our personal perspective and it's very possible other people had an entirely different experience with this film as well as the book um and i love the film like honestly it's maybe one of my top horror films now um and it on it did make me want to read the book because I'm just like curious. I want to know. I want to have all the information in terms of like what the different impacts are and messages from each version of the story. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to give some context as to why it impacted me how it did. So I absolutely loved this film. I think it did a fantastic job using the zombie apocalypse as like a staging ground for complex storytelling. Um, there's so much that was done with this film that could have easily followed. And I think maybe we expected it to these more tired plot lines and instead mm-hmm. did like such unique things that we hope for, but honestly, like, the amount of times we're disappointed with like we don't expect it anymore we're like i mean maybe it'll do it is it gonna do it we don't know um and this film did it like i've been hurt before yes literally like as a as a way to make sure we just don't hate everything all the time i think we like guard ourselves going into things so like i did not expect the ending of this film i was like they're not gonna like we want them to but are they so honestly like there was also so much character development that was delivered through just such simple scripted lines instead of like drawn out action sequences that part at the end with the soldier and him mentioning like it was literally a sentence and he was like my wife was pregnant when the zombies time started and I was like and I hope that if my baby is out there you know you find them or something like that was like so yeah. 
you were like feeling about him. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I hated him like this entire time, and now I just like kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like any of those kids could have been yours then. Yeah, like you've been like murdering and tying to chairs and stuff. But like, yes. So it's also like, dude, weird hill to die on. Uh, (laughs) Why was this what you chose to do with your time? Um, Okay, Graham. That could have been your kid. You just said that. So like, why are you like? Let's be really horrible to all these kids. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know. know. But it just like added so much character development in like a really subtle and thoughtful way that like wasn't like we need a four-hour movie to tell this story um it was like hey here's a sentence that's going to provide like extreme amounts of character development very quickly so the film somehow managed to be like subtle and direct at the same time all the way through and i just really appreciated it so the ending was my favorite part because honestly like for the ghouls i feel like this is something we say a lot it's um, the message of it really resonated with me and that humanity has been here destroying each other and the planet for centuries waiting like waiting and expecting chance after chance to keep going to keep trying Mm -hmm. maybe our chances are exhausted like that's what the film basically said like we have been squandering the gifts the girl with all the she has all the gifts we have been (laughs) taking the gifts taking and taking and taking and maybe the planet is done dealing with our our crap essentially maybe we squandered the gifts and we should stop expecting more um and i mean is what it is (laughs) so like yeah essentially like when the end of this movie came i was thrilled by like so many pieces of it but specifically that they didn't make melanie their sacrifice and Mm -hmm. instead like gave her autonomy which is something like ironically you don't always see in zombie films and especially with like monstrous femme stories like it's usually them navigating these spaces and being like dang it would be really cool if like i had any power yeah (laughs) um and i feel like in these like when you think that a character should be sacrificing something usually take their autonomy like that's something that we saw in the last of us but i'll get into that like as we go but essentially i love that they like allowed melanie to have their autonomy in this very specific situation and honestly she owed them nothing like and it was just so refreshing that when melanie delivered the line like why should we have to die for you to live to which i say heck yes the humans like the entire film did nothing but showcase how awful they were like their cruelty their hatred their capacity for viewing others as less um like literally nothing to inspire any sense of compassion or admiration it wasn't like hey like we're we're good you should want to sacrifice yourself there's literally one human that kind of did that yeah um so yeah like outside of occasionally treating melanie with like diet kindness which is like the bare minimum (laughs) of human experience like that's like the that's the bare minimum expectation is to just treat someone like they're also a person um there was no reason, in my opinion, for Melanie to even hesitate in making her choice. And I appreciated the fact she didn't. Yeah. Um, like, just because her teacher was the one human who had the capacity to see her as a living thing, like as yeah. a living being, um, that didn't erase all the other humans being the literal worst the entire film. <laughs> yeah, she had to work so hard just to get them to treat her like a human. 
Yeah, and it's like also it kind of ties back into like that other thing, like where it's like our judgment of humanity is purely based on the like what humanity, like the fact that you have to be human to matter. Like that's mm-hmm. also like a whole problem. So yeah, you, yeah, you have to perform thing. this specific version of human. Yeah, and it's like okay, people are allowed to be mad when you treat them like crap their entire lives. <laughs> Like, who are you to say that they can't be mad? So, yeah. The end of the day, (laughs) um, the uninfected humans place their value higher than Melanie and all the other hungries. So they're asking something of her that's honestly absurd. Like, there are instances where the humans even kind of mention this, where they're like, who we were before making it to that base. We did horrible things. Yeah. We were we were the monsters. Like they say something along those lines. And it's like, and yeah, you feel you re- real bad about it now. Yeah. And it's like clearly you recognize the wrongs you've done, but you're running from your accountability just as much as you're running from the hungries. Like mm. so <laughs> their like occasional kindness to Melanie is honestly at like after that, just manipulative. Just mm. like all their other all of their other interactions with her. They treat her like a monster the entire film with the goal of making Melanie view herself that way. They treat her as less the entire film with the goal of Melanie viewing herself that way so that she'll do what they want. So she will sacrifice herself because she'll think they like they've literally never been kind to her. So their goal is for her to view herself as less and therefore worthy of sacrificing herself Mm -hmm. yeah um like it's all very manipulative and like she should not (laughs) she is not what they think of her and does not owe them any kindness honestly uh so like as you were saying it's like that's the same no mercy would have been given by them Mm -hmm. so like why is it expected of her to give that mercy back so ultimately melanie owed them nothing So I thought it was really great that the film didn't make her a sacrifice because if they did, honestly, it might have changed my entire perspective on the film. I don't know, because I know the book does a whole different time. Um, And it could be that, like, because of, like, how I was cast, like, I just felt more for the character because of that. I don't know. But what I have heard about the book is that it is really interesting and, you know, honestly has very vastly different impact. Uh, So I just, I'm curious and hopefully one day I'll read the book. Um, I will also say, I think like I still would have felt pretty strongly um, about Melanie, even if she was the white girl. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I think I still would have liked, like I still would have been like, yeah, she wins. (laughs) It's not as impactful, but I still would have wanted her to win. Yeah, because it's like the whole idea is that they've been like tortured and treated like monsters their entire life. and there's just something like by these people like and I just there's just something that doesn't sit right with me about that yeah <laughs> like maybe we don't do that guys <laughs> so one thing that was interesting about this film is that it had some similarities to the last of us games uh and more than one way in that like they use the cordyceps fungus as well as like kind of like the theme that's explored but there i appreciated what this film did with the storyline um so similar to the last of us games uh ellie like melanie is expected to sacrifice herself for a vaccine um one big difference is that ellie like wants to Mm. (laughs) um and 
there's also this like story of having their autonomy stripped mm-hmm. from them that I didn't appreciate about Ellie's story. Like, I feel like it would have been fine if Ellie was like, Hey, I don't want to be a vaccine person. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Joel does that for her and that's messed up. Um, but I appreciated that this film didn't do that to Melanie. Like it was Melanie's choice. And when she said no, like that's just what it had to be. Yep. Essentially. Um, and something else that I appreciate about the film is that like, it made Melanie very zombie forward. like instead of harping on her humanity and like trying to make the viewer wrap their head around why Melanie deserved to live by like removing her zombie traits, Melanie like leaned into the power that came with her abilities. And I thought that was like really powerful as a statement too. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't have to change herself or sacrifice her identity for, to like make the uninfected humans feel better. Like, sure, she did, like, try to, like, make them feel more comfortable, but at the end of the day, she made her choice, and they're just going to have to live with that. Mm-hmm. Um, she remained Melanie and a hungry simultaneously without compromising or giving in to, like, the expectation that she should sacrifice herself. And the sacrifice is, like, the idea that someone should sacrifice themselves is something that is explored a lot in zombie scenarios, especially with, like, this idea that, like, there could be a cure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also something that, like, humanity as a whole has reckoned with for a long time, especially, especially, like, Eurocentric audiences. So this idea of the necessity of the sacrifice and forgiveness for like the atrocities that have been pushed as a narrative throughout history as well as like a lot to unpack. Um, there's this idea that the sacrifice of one should be made for the whole, that the mm-hmm. greater good, uh, <laughs> there's like a long history of attempting to validate atrocities with this view of like necessary evil, when ultimately that is just an attempt to excuse oneself from accountability by claiming it was necessary. TD so, is having a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chidi is losing it. Yeah, he's like, what do we do? Is it the train? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like the, the, like, it's a very Eurocentric idea, I think, like this theme of like the necessary sacrifice. Um, and it's seen a lot in the story of like Jesus, like Jesus Christ, mm. that he sacrificed yeah. himself for humanity to be get forgiven, that he loved people despite their sins, flaws, and otherwise, like forgave them. And that like, he loved and forgave them despite the fact that people literally murdered him in cold blood in an extremely brutal fashion. On Um, display. Yeah. And And I think there's a lot to unpack there as well. Um, But I think ultimately like Eurocentric audiences tend to expect forgiveness and sacrifice when approaching topics like this and are often spoon fed that narrative. So they expect Melody to sacrifice herself for Miss Just to Know and humanity as a whole. And when that doesn't happen, it's surprising. So, like, all that is to say is I appreciated the change of pace. And I think it, like, really added to the story. It was like, yes. 100%. Um, but it's also interesting when applying this, like, the monster's femme. And I think it takes on, like, a different meaning, like, the use of zombies uh, and how, like, the zombie monster's femme is kind of different, especially in the way the story took it. So what we see in a lot of monster's femme narratives and in creative and historical storytelling is the idea that the monster doesn't always win. Um, the monster either lives below the surface outside humanity or like loses entirely that like good prevails against the monster or that the monster like learns to live either with humanity and that humanity as a whole comes out the other side, mostly unchanged or they like just go away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they only exist at night or if they're the mermaid, they go out into the ocean and just don't bother people no more uh (laughs) so like essentially like the monster changes 
that like loses their autonomy and power by like going off into the sidelines and like kind of just letting humanity do what it's going to do. Um, and while these narratives can garner like sympathy for the monster, there's also this scene that the human matters more, I think, cause mm-hmm. they still get the limelight, you know, and that the monster must like adjust to this human centered planet. I appreciated this film didn't do that. And instead humanity had its turn. And now mm-hmm. it's zombie human hybrid time um, to be authentically themselves out in the light and all the humans go away. Um, and I think something that's interesting that we see with witches, succubi, cameos, werewolves, and humans um, is that the humans usually have the numbers in these narratives. That there are fewer monsters than humans, so the, mm-hmm. the advantage is in the humans' court, essentially. But zombies kind of present the opposite, where they often end up outnumbering the human. So where one is to exist in the peripheral, the zombie demands the limelight. And it, I thought that was like a really interesting difference in like the monstrous storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and the positioning of zombies as mindless is also very different from the narrative of this story. There being a transitional group of zombies that are kind of mindless that set the stage for this emerging generation of intelligent symbiotic zombie-human hybrids. Um, as we talked about in many previous schools episodes, there's so much that zombies can represent when taking an analytical look at society, be it consumerism, cannibalism, loss of autonomy, among other things. Um, and as we learned in the last of us episode, something that's really interesting is that the fungus for the cordyceps fungus that we see in this film is actually a real fungus, fungal infection that impacts ants and spiders. So if you're curious about that, and the scientific accuracy of the fungal zombie experience, definitely check that episode out. Um, there's yeah. a lot to unpack there. And I thought like the use of the virus in this way, it, it was similar to last of us in that like, you would probably need gas masks to survive. Cause you would, you can't just breathe the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it is airborne, but like it mimics very much like the actual cordyceps fungus and how it would interact with the brain. And also like symbiosis, I think is what it's called. And they mention it in the film, actually, like when the doctor, and Melanie are talking um, basically about like a fungus interacting with a host in like a symbiotic relationship. Like they are working together. Um, They aren't overtly hurting each other. So that's like a real thing too. Like there are animal species that do that. There's funguses that do that. that kind of like act in tandem and like in this kind of like partnership. So there are elements to this film as terrifying as that is that like could maybe happen. I don't know if we're at a fungal infection spread that like we have these pods and we need to be scared because the zombies are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are fungi that outside of the cordyceps fungus that like do act as a mind controly type thing um and i put some sources for that in the in my script notes but i did not get to read all of them um but there are real funguses that like do zombify different animals um Mm -hmm. and that's something that could happen in the world will it impact humans who knows i don't think we have that information yet (laughs) yeah we don't know um who knows who knows zombies might be inevitable um but yes i agree we've read enough about it you know, we've written enough about it. Like, yeah. let, let them come. <laughs> yeah. We all feel like we would know what to do. And then I feel like we wouldn't because it would be yeah. like a very different kind. And we'd be like, that none of Romero did not prepare me for this. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the head. Like maybe it's controlling some other nervous system part or something. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that could happen. And I, I think like the brain control element, like 
zombies can a lot of the times represent this like fear of loss of autonomy and i think that wasn't in like you have that whole generation that was so that was interesting piece but even still like there was little aspects where they were holding on to things like they were performing like the one who like was uh pushing the stroller yeah. And the doctor was like, I've never seen a zombie or hungry with maternal instincts before. Um, and so like they, after a while being there, like parts of you kind of come back. And that's been explored in zombie films too, where they are performing like actions. Like they end up at the mall because they're performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I used to go to. Yeah. Like I, you know, go to work or whatever. Like your brain's just like do the actions. Um which I think is interesting. I did want to uh, highlight one other book, though, that uh, is really, I mean, has similar themes, especially when we uh-huh. have this black girl as a protagonist. And that is the book series Lilith's Brood by Octavia Butler, who's mm-hmm. an amazing, uh, like, Afro sci-fi creator, sci-fi writer, like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. one of the most amazing, impactful ones. Um, and Lilith's Brood, uh, like, Dawn kind of has, like, a similar theme that's the first one where it is like this woman who wakes up and like humans are pretty much gone and she's tasked with like bringing about the next generation that will be hybrids or ideally would be hybrids between this like alien race and her so okay definitely check it out um i'm like it's on my list like i i I love octavia butler and i've been meaning to read more um and so i'm like that's gonna be the next trilogy i fight through so Especially because sci-fi is like something we're really into right now. So um might be interesting. Uh so definitely yeah. check that out. So that's Lilith's Brood series, the trilogy. The we're giving trilogy. you a lot of books. To uh Girl get with All through. the Gifts. Yeah. And then Wilder Girls. Um, I actually can't remember the name of the author. Rory Power. Um yeah. it's pretty sweet. It's like short. Um working through it. And, and again, it's about girls who get powers. Well, not powers they're different they're they're affected by nature (laughs) zika horror and something happens and now they're all a little weird they're all doing stuff um but it's not like x-men or something it's actually like really scary and sad um and also super queer so (laughs) highly recommend just for that because you get that whole extra element of it being a really cool thing that ghouls would love um talk about representation so uh yeah, I think that was a phenomenal film on so many levels. There's yeah. nothing about it that I was disappointed in or like upset about. Like I said, like if anything, it just confirmed feelings that I was going to have at the end. Like I never felt like that didn't need to be there. And yeah, that's so that's nice. True. <laughs> it's so nice to have a film that you're like ten out of ten. It's good. Like coming from like Jacob's Wife, where we were like, this is like in the top five worst horror films i've seen that like angered us yeah. to having like now we have one of our top five favorites in this yeah series. it was refreshing honestly and i mean like i feel like there's even more we could say about it in terms of like even just like unpacking the scene like at the begin, like the beginning sequence mm-hmm. and like connecting that back to like how many times in history have people collectively dehumanized a group for the benefit of whatever they decided was more important yeah and also like you know the education of children like specifically with like you know not treating them like they're people either Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's so much, so much to be said. And it's, yeah, it's so refreshing. Very unique. Like, it's just not something I ever thought it would be. And I'm so happy that we are covering it on this series. Um, and we're almost done with the series. We have two more episodes after this. One is like a surprise that we didn't know we were going to do. <laughs> but I'm very excited to do One it. One is like, can we do it? Yes, like, we course, made the rules. So. I was like telling someone about this series and I like was mentioning like ginger snaps or something or one of my mantras from scripts or something and yeah. they're like hey that's kind of like and then they explain like why I was like oh okay cat we got to do it yeah like, 100%. there's no reason why but it's not. a secret right now we're not telling you it's yeah yeah you'll know um but if you enjoyed this I hope you do check out the rest of our monstrous femme series you can check out our eco horror series if you want to be afraid of the environment in a different way um yeah so many levels you'll find this episode in many of our playlists on youtube um and uh like and subscribe make sure Please. you drop us a comment let us know if there are books or films that you want to recommend to us you can do so at the ghouls next door gmail.com or just follow us on social media and send us uh messages or comments uh especially if there's like eco horror or there's horror novels trilogies things like that that have similar messaging that you think would be really beneficial i'm looking to read it <laughs> i'm ready yeah. to do that so we're like hungry for interaction we're hungry <laughs> we miss people telling us stuff we sorry miss us. that you oh. all have to die for us yeah. but you already had your chance yeah right that's like okay so that's like a whole other thing it's going real quick yeah. it's my little soapbox <laughs> this is real quick okay, okay. um so that's something like i think is really interesting so i see a lot of people who in general like want to save the planet and i, mm-hmm. I get it like 100 we should need to like yeah. 100% we need to um but what i usually will write like in my fear is like i like hope the planet survives us and it's like yes i want the us to survive too that'd be nice because um, yeah. I want to have kids and I want want them to have a place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's like, I want the planet to survive us. And it will. It totally will. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It'll just look it's different. It's just not for us anymore. It's yeah. not our turn anymore. It's it's not all over. It's just it's not, not ours it's just anymore. not yours anymore yeah. oh my god melanie like i really have a blood beard i just want to say I can't. It's, it's <laughs> yeah i hope lot. people are i hope people are watching because we look my spooky. mom's gonna hate this episode just because of this because she doesn't like seeing me look dead yeah that's it don't get married i'll eat your kids or your, your kids, kids will eat you yeah. or, or everyone else and everyone else and fine yeah get it kid get it yeah yeah I raised Go a fighter. Ball. Here's hoping, you know, honestly, <laughs> that, fighter. that the the if there's a new version of human, that they figure out how to be here still. And if that's like scary to us now, that's fine. Change is always scary. We had our turn. It's fine. <laughs> we had a long turn. I think we're done. Yeah. I think we've messed this up. I think we've shown. I think we've shown that we're done. It reminds me of an episode that we had where it's like, this is the humanity's done. And yeah. the bleep bloops. <laughs> yeah. We put in a new God's like, time VHS to, tape. Yeah. God's like, time to try a different race, try a different group of of beings. Yeah. We'll new. Reset. Refresh. Sentient life form. We're going to do a whole <laughs> yeah. new one. Control alt delete. This a, yeah. This is a failed experiment. Uh, it goes in the trash. Yeah. Uh, delete trash permanently and then get some new beings. The sm- Okay. Well, <laughs> bye. It's like Big Bang B. Made a bi- Big Bang made us, Big Crunch eat us.
Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> like, rewind. Yeah. We're no, a VHS tape of the little blip yeah. of universe time. <laughs> That, that God just takes God's out. Like, it's just like, well, that was. We'll try again. <laughs> I don't know New one. what I was thinking. Oops. Yeah, so it's like Futurama where he's just like sitting in his little blippity bloops in the sky. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but he has a VHS tape in this scenario. Okay. <laughs> and he's watching humanity and he's like, guys. Right, this is awful. Let's start back at the top. We are not going to renew this season. Let's start of humanity. Fresh. There's no season three of humanity. Oh no! And then it's like, and he takes it out. And he's like, people, and he writes it on there with a sharpie, and he puts it on the shelf next to other species that he was just like, oh, mate, that might work. And you know, he pops into it, and he's like, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna start fresh, <laughs> and maybe the blue blurbs will do better than us. Yes, or whatever he comes the up with. The schmeckles, the schmeckles, the schmeckles. Yep, or the 